Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, I'm Christy, co-founding sister of Book Club Sisterhood. Welcome to our first week of June, the first day of June. And I haven't talked about this a lot, but this is our two-year anniversary of our book club group. So yeah, crazy. I can't believe yeah. it's been two years. So thank you guys for hanging out with us and some of the OGs right here. <laughs> this is my mama. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to start reading Alter Ego by Craig Groeschel this month. And I'm very excited. This is a super good book. Um, if you listen to the audio at all, he's really funny. He reads it himself and he's really funny to listen to. And some of the stories he tells in this book are really funny, but I feel like it gives it more character if you listen to him tell the stories. So that's fun too. I mean, in addition to reading your book, you can also listen on, I listen on Hoopla. There's also Libby and those are based on your library cards and they're also free. So that's exciting. I like those. And then of course you can buy it on Audible if you choose to, but I like Hoopla and Libby because they're free. All right. I just got it on Hoopla because I was too lazy to come downstairs to get my book. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have on my library. Yeah, it's based them, on your library. I, so if they don't have it in your area, that's a bummer. But no. All righty. Um, they have the written, like you can read it like on a Kindle, like on your phone or a device on Hoopla. And then sometimes they also have the audio. So they have both if you so choose. All right. So in the intro... Um, really, I haven't found a bad part of this book. <laughs> Even the intro, I was like, yes, yes, like every page, but I don't want to spend an hour just on the intro. So I'm just going to read a paragraph from page nine, um, the big paragraph at the bottom. Um, he says, you are not yet who you are supposed to be. Instead of living with an ego that is outward driven and based on other people's approval, we're going to discover how to live with an alter ego. That's not a typo. I'm not talking about an alter A-L-T-E-R ego. Like a superhero has to protect his real identity. <laughs> Superman posing as Clark Kent. I'm talking about alter A-L-T-A-R ego. Through God's word, we'll learn to sacrifice our worldly self-image and let God replace it with his view of us. Rather than defining our worth by who we are in the opinions of others, We'll live from the truth of who we are in Christ. We'll place all of the false labels and selfish motives on the altar of God's truth and discover who we really are as his sons and daughters. So I felt like that paragraph was just a really good sum up of what we're going to talk about in the book. So that's why I wanted to read that. And then before we start chapter one, um, if anybody has their bookmark, I do not have it. Mom is using a Band-Aid as her bookmark. <laughs> So we are ill-prepared. However, if you have your bookmark, um, our memory verse this month is Ephesians 2.10. And it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. So there were several verses that I looked at to be our memory verse this month. And I really liked the way this one says, like, we're his masterpiece and he has planned good things for us long ago so the plan for your life was made way long before you were ever 
a twinkling in your mother's eye. So just remember like God's there. He's been planning you a lot longer than you've been aware of anything. So not longer than your that's mom and dad. Why, yeah. That's why I liked that verse. So, all right. Part one, sacrificing your false self for your sacred identity in Christ. Um, so he talks about labels in chapter one, overcoming the labels that bind you. Um, on the top of page 18, he says, even if you don't totally deserve what you've been called, it's important to acknowledge your label instead of pretending it doesn't exist or that it doesn't bother you. So did you guys think about like, what is your label? Have you ever thought about it? Um, what have people labeled you as? You know, he just says like, you know, you can't deal with it by ignoring it. So my personal label is Christy the Chatty, as you guys are well aware. Um, I like to talk. Uh, I definitely talk too much. And a lot of times I regret it. Like I say stupid stuff and I'm like, why, why did I say that? Why? I have no idea why, but, um, Shelly, huh? I am a label. Yeah. Gullible. <laughs> yes, you do. People have labeled her gullible for a very long time. Her husband started that. <laughs> Not going to say it's untrue, but I'm also, anyways. Shelly has a good story of a change of name that she would like to share. So I'm going to let her talk. Okay. My given name is Michelle. And I was molested when I was younger. And so when I left Utah, my, I changed my name to Shelly when I moved to Texas. So Michelle died in Utah and I was reborn again in Texas with the name of Shelly. Got a fresh start. I did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Glad you took that positive step. I changed my name at work from Christy to Christina, but only because it was easier to enunciate over the phone. <laughs> so that's why I go by Christy in here and PJ knows I go by Christina at work only because I worked at a doctor's office for a year and no one got my name right. It was Chrissy, Kristen, Christy, whatever. No one got it right. So I changed it to Christina, but um, in, I always say in real life, I go by Christy. <laughs> I consider work not my real life, but all right, on page 19. Yeah. <laughs> Mom denies she ever had a nickname. My dad um, wanted to name me <laughs> Michelle because he already had a nickname for me. I thought that that name was just part of my name. That was just my name. <laughs> and I found out one day that that had nothing to do with my name, that that was a nickname. <laughs> and I said, never again. You will never call me that again. I hate that name. You will call me Michelle or I won't answer. And my brother found out that you know, he <laughs> thought he was going to be smart and just continue to call me that. And I just started ignoring him. I don't like that name. I hate that name. I don't even want to say that name. Hey, you brought it up though. So you're going to tell us or no? <laughs> it's Mickey. I hate the name Mickey. That is forever. Just my name. I hate that. I'll take a cable like that. Yep. Um, grandpa's brother even called you Mickey up until until the day he died. He wasn't able to. <laughs> yeah. He was a couple thousand miles away, so he was the only one that got away with it. And he was your elder, so you gave him a pass. All right, so on page 19, 
Um, under secret identity, he says, there is no sin too great for God's grace. There is no habit too big for his healing. There is no label too strong for his love. Let me say it again, because I want you to believe this. God's power is bigger than your past. There is nothing you have done or will ever do that God can't forgive. Uh, I'm reading through the Bible chronologically, and I just started Exodus, and that starts the story of Moses, and he was a murderer, and look how much God used him to do. He delivered an entire nation out of slavery, um, so if he can use him amongst many other people, well, that's just the one that I drew from because I'm currently reading his stories, so that's what stood out to me. All right, on 25, y'all knew I wasn't gonna skip this, right? Simon, I knew I was gonna cover that. <laughs> I love I love some Simon. All right, so this talks about his change from his name being Simon to Peter. So I, this is part of his humor that I love. After Jesus, on page 25, the first full paragraph, calling Simon to be his disciple, Jesus gave the fisherman a new name that carried a new purpose. After Jesus played a round of spiritual jeopardy, <laughs> asking his followers who he really is, Peter lands the big money when he, when the right answer, with the right answer, sorry, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And recognizing Jesus' true identity, Simon is stepping into his, into a new name of his own. So Jesus starts calling him Peter, which means rock. And he says, he's quoting Matthew 16, 17, and 18. He says, blessed, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So I love that. And I, I want to point out the next thing. The next paragraph, it says, now, if you know anything at all about Peter, which we've talked a lot about, he fails frequently, even after Jesus' declaration, Peter didn't always live up to his new name. So he wasn't always the solid rock. He still failed. So even though you may feel like you've been called into where you need to be, doesn't mean you can't still fail. So don't feel like the pressure of having to be perfect. And don't don't feel like if you've been labeled, I like how he talks about in here once he was labeled pastor, like, he's like, I'm not ready for that. Like, that's a huge label. Like, wow. Um, he didn't feel ready for it. That's okay. Because God was working him in to what he needed to be. And we're all going to grow into our new name. It takes some time. It takes a shift. Um, I'm new to ministry leadership at church and it's taking time to kind of, you know, get my footing and feel like, this is, this is me. I don't feel like a leader. I don't feel like I should be running anything. Good grief. <laughs> um, so, all right. On page 26, the first full paragraph there, he says his consistent shortcomings, still talking about Peter, his consistent shortcomings became his best teacher to learn about the grace and redemption of God through Christ. So failure is a learning opportunity. All the times I didn't trust God to take care of things in my life uh, are the times that I learned a lesson and I can now share that with others. So I remember 
like the weekend that we bought our house, the waiting was awful. And one of my friends is, was waiting for test results over the weekend. And I said, I know the waiting is hard. Like I'm going to pray for peace. And like, I've been there. I feel you. I understand what you're going through. Um, Cause she was freaking out. She got the results, but the doctor hadn't interpreted them yet for her. So not being a medical person, she didn't understand what any of it meant. And of course she made the mistake of Googling, made that mistake. <laughs> um, every symptom leads to cancer pretty much. Um, so she was a little worried about that. I was like, okay, God's got this. No matter what those results are, God's got this. He's got your back. He's like, I know, I know God is so good. You know, just trying to encourage her, but I can encourage her from the position of knowing what the waiting feels like, because I've also had to wait to figure out what's going on with Hudson's limp that we never found out an answer for, but he's okay. And God healed him. So that's all that matters. Uh, I liken this also to like when we go to a restaurant and have a bad experience, you're going to remember that a lot more than the good times you have at a restaurant, right? That makes an impression on us, just like our failures. If you fail at something, there's a lesson to be learned. It's going to be, you know, make that impression on your brain. Excuse me, you're going to remember the bad things you've done, but it's important not to beat yourself up, but to learn from them. A lot of people fail and then sit in it for a really, really long time and just kind of, what's the word? I want to say mill, like they just kind of sit there and churn it over and over and over. It's like, okay, process it, but then you got to move on and learn from it. Otherwise it's not going to be any good. All right. On page 27, he talks about his biggest label of tightwad, Craig the tightwad. Got him in big trouble because he gave a gift card that was used to a friend. So big sign of a tightwad. <laughs> I've never done that, thankfully. I don't re-gift re much, but anyways. So he says on 27, he says, over time, God changed my heart from that of a tightwad to that of one who lives to give. So now he's able, what, what I feel like, what I got from that is that he lived so frugally when he was younger and didn't have a lot of money that he learned how to take care of things with less money. But now instead of selfishly just holding it all back for himself, he's giving it to other people. So I think God used that failure and that experience as a tightwad to help him realize that he can still live on what he was living on, just give it away, the excess, rather than keeping it all for himself. So just for you guys to think about, and I've been thinking about this too, like how is God using your labels to shape you? Um, I know that my Christy the Chatty um, has been honed here. <laughs> I talk a lot here, so hopefully that's helpful. Uh, so, all right, on page 30, toward the bottom, end of chapter one, he says, it's not what you were that matters, but who you can become. So it's good to draw, you know, uh, lessons from the past. But like I said, like, don't kind of sit and mill in it and dwell on it. In The Chosen, we talked about this before. One of the disciples, Philip, says, I am is all that matters now. Because he's talking to Matthew, who used to be a tax collector. And he says, everybody hates me. I did terrible things. I was this. I was that. He said, I am is all that matters now. Because once you've met Jesus and you accept him and you believe in him, moving forward is all that matters. 
You don't have to worry about, you've already been forgiven for what's in the past. So move forward. All right, chapter two, you are God's masterpiece as our um, memory verse says. So this starts off with Craig was new to preaching. The author Craig is pretty new to preaching and thought he did an okay job finally after preaching for quite a few times. He finally thought that he did like an okay job. Uh, and some nice lady comes up to him at the end of service and says, oh, nice try. Keep going. Maybe you'll eventually be a real pastor. <laughs> How crushing would that be? Like you actually made it to the door and actually wanted to hear feedback from people and they go, oh, yeah, you tried, buddy. Good job. <laughs> that would be crushing. Uh, but basically he says, even if things don't go perfectly, your future can still go better. So obviously he's a church, uh, pastor of a major church now, uh, all across the country. They are online globally. Um, that's what the back of the book says. <laughs> um, it's life.church if anyone's interested. I've heard a couple of his sermons like on social media, little snippets. They're pretty good. So I guess he got better that's the whole point right keep going keep trying all right on page 35 he's talking about let's see first full paragraph he says and the best news for us is that god the potter doesn't just throw away the clay starting over from scratch with new clay so he's referencing jeremiah 18 2 through 6 and it it's talking about the lord being the potter and we are the clay and it says in verse five, it says, then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in mine. So he can form you, mold you, make you into what you're supposed to be. You are his masterpiece. On page 36 is where we find our memory verse. He references that in the first full paragraph there about halfway down a little little less than halfway down for we are god's masterpiece he has created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago and then drop down a line from there he says we are not saved by good works we are saved for good works specifically we are not saved by the good things that we have done but we are saved to do good things on behalf of the one who saved us so that's where the pharisees went wrong right they try to do the works to get into heaven you can never earn heaven that was given to you by grace through faith uh and that's what he's referring to there and it's i see the pharisees as like people that come to church on sunday to check a box saying that they went to church and they live a whole different life monday through saturday so you can't just come to church on sundays to say, okay, I did my task for the week. Now I can do whatever I want. I can go smoke and drink and do all the other things that are listed in Galatians 5. Um, right above our fruits of the spirit memory verse from last month. So that's just what I was reminded of because I know that there are people that, that do that. It's about knowing Jesus and appreciating the sacrifice that he made for you. That's more important than what works you're doing. When you understand and you know Jesus and you have that relationship with him, it makes you want to do the works. 
it turns it from a have to into a get to. And I've been in that spot too, where I was like, oh, I have to go to rehearsal tonight, man. This, you know, I could be home just hanging out with my kids, but I have to, to go do this thing. And then I just had a shift and it became, I get to go to rehearsal. I get to serve God. Um, and now I get to make coffee, which is my favorite thing <laughs> in my chipped mug from the Air Force Museum. I can't give it up. I love this mug, even though it's chipped. I just drink from the other side. Anyways, all right. On page 38, he says, we focus so much on our perceived deficiencies that we convince ourselves that God wouldn't use us or perhaps even that he couldn't. So at the bottom of that paragraph, he says, if you don't know the purpose of something, all you can do is misuse it. And I absolutely love the story he tells right below this is the little girl that doesn't know what a cup is from a sporting event. I'm assuming that we all know what a cup is. If you don't, you can look it up. But she's <laughs> her face like- You're not gonna tell us. I can only assume that it is a used cup because they were all mortified. He said, now that I'm an adult, I can use bigger words like aghast and appalled. Um, but he goes on, on page 40, he says, you are God's masterpiece. So if we misuse ourselves in the same way that she misused the cup, the best thing you could do, like, wouldn't it make sense to ask God what you should do with your life since he's the creator? If you can't ask, I can't ask myself what God's purpose is for me because there's no way I could know that because I'm not God. So if we go to God and ask him, that's the best way to get an answer. And nowadays we want the quick answer, right? We want fast food. We have Amazon. We have all these, you know, at our fingertips. You can pull up to Michael's now and do a curbside pickup. It, it is not a good thing, guys. I've done it only twice in the past that year. That is a good thing for you. That's a good thing for you, because then I don't wander around Michael's for an hour with you. Exactly. So it benefits you better than me. Although my pocketbook does appreciate me not walking through through Michael's. But... And Hobby Lobby. I feel like all this fast pace, like, I want it now, I want it now, is setting us up for failure with God. Because he doesn't work on Amazon timing. He doesn't do two-day shipping. You're not going to get your answer right away. You're not just going to go, God, I need an answer. Now, there are times where you can do that because it's happened to me. <laughs> I prayed for something to happen and two minutes later it happened. I was like, oh, all right. Cool. I needed an answer. That was fast. Cool. Um, but it wasn't a big deal. Anyways, so here's the quick answer straight from the Bible. This is what your purpose is. Number one, love God. Number two, love others. That is our universal, everyone's mission on this planet is to love God and love others. That's Danny Gookie's song, Love God and Love People. Well, he got it from the Bible. So yeah. that's where most of his songs come from. <laughs> that's where most Christian songs come from. Mm -hmm. uh, but I waited 18 months for God to line up all the pieces that needed to happen for our hospitality ministry at church. And that set us up to thrive in the hospitality ministry because it would not have worked before. There were many pieces that were missing, things that just would not have lined up before. And I didn't know my purpose was to run it at all. Like I just saw a need for it. And I was like, I, I will just help. I can make a meal a month. I'm fine with that. I just let me know what you need and I'm happy to help. But God had something else in mind. He worked everything out 
so that Johnny and I, my husband, can run the hospitality team. And that's crazy to me. Like I said, like, I don't feel like a leader. This is crazy. But in the meantime, I just kept loving God. I tried to better myself and keep trying to become what he's asked me to be. And God showed up in a big way, much bigger than I ever expected. I wanted to take a meal to somebody once a month. That's, that's all I was asking for, you know, because I saw the need from the person in need. You know, I, I had that need and it just showed me that we didn't have things set up, but it wasn't time yet. That's okay. All right. On page 42, he talks about 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So I'm going to read that real quick. It says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. How ignorant. Sorry, coffee drink. And I, I love that Paul says using themselves as a standard of measurement. In verse 13, he talks about himself and his group. And he says that they are only boasting within the boundaries of the work God has given us. You see the difference? Because the men they're talking about comparing to each other are going by man's standard. Paul is going by God's standard. When God gives you authority over something, you should boast about it in his name. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other. So don't worry about what you can't do, but focus on what God has given you to do. And that's what he's talking about here. You know, don't worry about like, I can't sing. He says, you know, I can't sing. I try to sing. Dogs howl and birds migrate. I'm colorblind, so I can't paint or draw. But his wife absolutely loves to look at paintings and see people's talent. Mom's about to start painting for her small group at church, so pray for her. <laughs> They're doing this beautiful peacock, but I'm glad I'm going to miss it because I, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> it's a very she intense picture. Like, she said it's going to take like two or three weeks and it's really yeah. not as hard as it looks. It's, it's about layering and shading, I'm sure. But, I'm skeptical. I don't know that mine's going to turn out very well. It's okay. It's just fun to do. It's fun to learn how to do it, but just don't Focus on the things that you can't do, like we're talking about, because you can do it. You can do it. I can make a picture. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be a good one. <laughs> may not resemble a peacock at all, but <laughs> right. it'll be a picture. It'll be a good one. It'll be something. <laughs> all right. So I love to talk about Joseph as well, because that's at the end of Genesis. I just read that whole story as well. So I'm, I'm glad that he talks about this here. I'm well prepared to talk about the story. Um, so his brothers faked his death, sold him into slavery. Uh, when he was sold into slavery, he had, he did really great work and his owner actually promoted him, but then his owner's wife tried to take advantage of him. And when he said no, he, she screamed that he did try to take advantage of her, but he did not. So he, then he got sent to prison and I like at the bottom of 44, he says, I just reread this story and couldn't find anywhere where it says, and Joseph was really happy that God allowed him to be sent to prison to continue to prepare him for the future. Right? I mean, why would anyone say that? Like, yay, I get to go to prison. Yay. That doesn't mean he can't be used in prison, but there's no way he's going to be excited about it. 
And then he goes on to say that the closest thing it does say is that the Lord was with him, which we know is an overarching theme is that God's always with you. Um, and then he became second in command over all of Egypt. So he, his purpose was fulfilled. He knew long before any of that happened that he was meant to rule over others um, because he was given a dream by God saying that he would be ruling over his family. And his family just didn't happen to like that because he was younger. Ageists. They're all just ageists. <laughs> Not too much, guys. I told you. That was my disclaimer at the beginning of this, this live. All right. So on page 46, the last full paragraph there, he says, he's more than enough. His grace is more than enough for you. You are who you are. You are where you are because he set you on this path, plotted this course for you. So we already talked about this. Like your, your existence was predestined by God. Embrace the path that God has set you on and ask to discover the purpose of being on that path. I, I feel like that's what Joseph did. And he's um, a big person to aspire to, I feel like, because even though all these terrible things happened to him, he still had faith that what God showed him was going to happen. And that's, I, I struggled. I can't imagine that he was, like I said, or like Craig said, you know, I don't think he was excited to go to prison. He wasn't excited to be sold into slavery, but at the same time, like he kind of went with the flow and that's kind of what I did. I, it wasn't very graceful, but that's kind of what I did the weekend that we bought the house. You know, I was, mom can tell you it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but <laughs> I, yeah, I was doubting too. Well, I kept holding on to the promise that God gave me that we were going to get this house. I couldn't let go of that. Even on Monday when she said, okay, I think, I think we're, we're over it. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's just, you know, in, in her head, in our realtor's head, they had two offers that were much higher than ours. Why on earth would they pick ours? And I kept telling her, I was like, because God promised this to us. I know that he did. He promised me. And I feel like maybe that's the spot that Joseph was in because God promised him that he was going to rule over others. And I think he held dear to that much like I did on the weekend that we bought the house. I just, it just kept coming back to that. I had my doubts. I had my fears, you know, we, we struggled and wrestled all weekend with that. And I'm just glad it was only a weekend. I had to deal with that because Joseph went years, years before he saw the, his purpose actually play out so thankful I only had to spend a weekend in torture although the rest of the buying of the house wasn't exactly smooth it seemed like it was a but year not just a weekend. oh like it we're coming up on a year since we lived here no I can't believe that no <clears throat> coming Crazy. up on a year since we had COVID too yay <laughs> all right so moving not on to really chapter three mm, I'm not going to be celebrating that one <laughs> although it is in the middle of our buying the house but anyway Chapter three, you are an overcomer. And I cannot get that song out of my head. It's on the playlist for this month for, if you got the subscription box, it's on the playlist because obviously um, I'm not gonna start singing. I don't care if you beg me, you won't because you know better. But <laughs> chapter three on page 51, he quotes Romans 8, 32 and 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, excuse me, or nakedness or danger or sword? 
And then he goes in to explain what some of those things are, like trouble or hardship could seem like ongoing migraine headaches or a crumbling marriage or that one of your kids is getting bullied at school. Is that going to separate you from the love of God? And then he, there, you know, you guys can go and read this on page 52. It's uh, persecution. And then he talks about famine, famine or nakedness, danger or sword on all of 52. And I just, I go back to where he talked about Romans 8, 28. He did that in chapter two, I think. Uh, but it's, it applies here too. Like in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So no matter what you're going through, if you know that God's got you, then nothing can hurt you. Nothing can take that away from you. I hold on to that because mm -hmm. I don't want to have to work two jobs. And yeah. so I figure I have tried. I have decided almost every night that I work at yeah. Lowe's, my foot's out the door. I'm gone. I am giving this up. I'm putting in my two weeks notice. And something always happens. And it's one of the head cashiers that comes over and does it. She'll say something and she's always saying, Michelle, don't quit. Don't quit. <laughs> and she just makes me feel better about the whole situation. And then I'm like, well, now I feel bad if I quit. So, you know, I just think it's God telling me there's something more for you. Yeah. And you just need to stay here. You know, yeah. and it's like he just, he talks through her and talks me out of it. Yeah. And it was aggravating at first because <laughs> I thought, I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. But now I, I've changed my feeling toward it. And I feel like there's something there for me. Apparently mm -hmm. there's somebody that maybe I need to be friends with. And I think it might be that head cashier. Her mm -hmm. and I are a lot alike. And, you know, I think Minus maybe. The purple hair. Huh? Minus the purple hair. She's got red hair, not purple. <laughs> <laughs> I influenced her to go get her ears pierced. Ooh. Not this, but um, her tragus. And yeah, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, there's just somebody there that maybe I need to influence or, you know, something like that. Yep. So. Maybe there's somebody you need to meet for your benefit. No. No, I don't mean like that. I mean, just like a friend. <laughs> Calm down. Slow your roll. We already talked no. about this. You can't move out. We just moved in together. You can't move out. They can't imagine I'm if you got a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not going to have a boyfriend. Well, I, I better not say that. So don't say that so loud. Yeah, I don't, I don't want one. Okay, let's put it that way. Yep. All right, the bottom page 54 into 55. He says, now what I'm not saying is that you'll ever have a hard time in life. That you'll never have a hard time in life. The Bible doesn't say that at all. Jesus makes it clear that in this world, you will have trouble. But think about that for a minute. If you're an overcomer, you have to have something to overcome, right? That makes sense. And Jesus continued, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That just makes, that makes me so happy and so mm -hmm. peaceful because I know that he can handle anything. You know, he overcame the worst of it. Mm -hmm. And I know he can, he can do anything. He can handle it. Yeah. I mean, he says he'll be with you always, no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. He'll never leave or forsake you, which is apparently our theme this year, Hebrews 13.5. Um, I've definitely memorized that one, you guys. That could be like our overarching memory verse, but uh, 
but just remember like his promises never fail and so this promise is true as well he overcame the world so we get to rejoice because we don't have to do that we don't have to fight off the devil and it reminds me of the first verse i ever memorized from the bible because my grandma paid me money to read the bible and memorize <laughs> things uh it was first john 4 4 and this just stuck with me greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world amen because he overcame the world so he's much greater than the world mercy me has a song that has that in first yeah. john 4 4 cool good verse mm -hmm. All right, on 55 and 56, he talks about Revelation 12, 11, which says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. According, um, sorry, I was just reading on page 55. According to this chapter of the Bible, the they are, the they are those who follow Christ or us. So the they in that passage, they triumphed over him as us Christians. So you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. So he says, you know, if you've never heard this before, that must sound gross. But back before the days of Jesus, they would offer lambs for slaughter in, um, as a sacrifice for their sins. So to receive forgiveness for sins, people offered animals, often a lamb, to God as a sacrifice. And when Jesus came, he gave the final sacrifice for the for, for his for our forgiveness good grief for the forgiveness of our sins learn how to complete a sentence i feel a lot like moses guys so i'm sorry if it's hard to follow me or it's like i stutter a lot because i do but god said go run book club so here we are so i apologize if i stutter anyways sorry not sorry is how i apologize by the way on 56 it says because he shows to shed his blood don't laugh at me pj <laughs> i see you laughing shaking her head <laughs> because he chose to shed his blood for us we have overcome the sin that held us hostage so that is by the blood of the lamb and then by our testimony your testimony is your story with god so all the stories i talked to you guys about about how god affected my life and how god worked through my life and i stopped god from working through my life and all of the things that I talk about in here are all for God's glory because I always want to give him the praise and the thanks for everything that we have. I'm, I'm most every morning I wake up and say, God, thank you so much for this house because <laughs> I'm still just in awe that we got it. I told mom tonight, like, I don't feel worthy of living in this neighborhood <laughs> because I, I just don't, I, I don't know why we got this house, but I do know why we got this house complicated anyways the transformation of your life by his power is your story the words of your testimony so by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony that's how we're going to overcome the world shelly can i ask you a question what when you were going through all that i mean you know what you went through leaving one state going to another did you know god at that time i did did you and he, yeah. I mean, you trusted him and helped, and he helped you? Well, at first it was, I was kind of, I, I went to church all the time. Uh, I was even in church choir. But then uh, when I finally was able to tell my mom what happened, it was like, I, I was mad at God at first because he, how could he let me, how could he, how could somebody do that to me 
you know, mm-hmm. how could he let somebody do that to me? Yeah. And, uh, and then when I went to go live with my real father, who I didn't know, uh, he never went and got me help. So I was 18, 19 years old when I first got help. And I went to a regular counselor. And then I went through a uh, Christian counseling. And that's when it, it helped me. And uh, so, yeah, so it, it, I'm, like I said, it, it was a learning process for me. And I'm still learning. I mean, I'm still trying. I've learned to forgive the person that's done this to me. Uh, And that was the hardest thing. And that was just a few years ago that I was able to forgive, forgive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it wasn't for him. It was for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's, that's what I had, you know, and I'm still, I'm still going through it. I'm still, you know, and then maybe something you never get over. Exactly. I mean, it's always going to be a part of your story. You know, they say you can forgive, but you'll never forget. So you'll never mm-hmm. forget that. Oh, I'll never forget it. Right. Yeah. That's part of your life and part of your story. It's part of your yep. testimony. That's right. So that that's, that's in God, and since I've been in book club and everything, I think this is, mm-hmm. it's showing me more and more, you know? So I really appreciate being in the book club with you guys. Yeah, we love you being here. Appreciate you being here. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. You're welcome. Awesome. All right. So another story we can talk about. He talks on um, pages 62 and 63 about, well, I might start on 61, but the story of Jeff, he had a heart attack, a massive heart attack. Yeah, it starts on 61. Um, But he had a massive heart attack and by the ambulance got there, he'd been down for a few minutes uh, they did uh, CPR on him quite a, they said that they restarted his heart a couple different times. He was on life support. And when the author, Craig, got to the the hospital, I almost said the church, church is supposed to be a hospital, but anyways, mm-hmm. when he got to the hospital, he somehow, I don't know, PJ, did you pick up on this, that he talked to ER staff about the status of the the person that he wasn't even family with. I was confused by that. I've been an ER nurse and we don't just talk to anybody that walks in and wants information. So maybe this was before HIPAA. I don't know. Anyways, he walks in and talks to some ER staff and they basically told him like, he's been down too long. There's no way he's ever going to recover and have all of his functions about him. Um, so of course, you know, that's kind of hard to go now talk to his wife, knowing that there's probably nothing ever going to come of this, but I love on 63, he said, like another, at the very top, it says another machine beeped out every heartbeat as it gave it to him. And he said before that, that the machine was rhythmically, excuse me, the ventilator was forcing air into his lungs and breathing for him. Another, excuse me, another machine beeped out every each heartbeat as it gave it to him. I realized what a machine the human body actually is, sophisticated, intricate, magnificent in its complexity. And it occurred to me, who made it? Who made the body? And who did this man belong to? Of course, he belongs to God. God made him. So he says in the next paragraph, my frustration turned into inspiration, from inspiration to anticipation, from anticipation to hope. So they started praying for complete healing. 
of his body. And he says, you know, I found out later that I was days behind everybody else because all the people at the church and all the people that knew him, friends and family, they had already been healing or um, praying for complete healing. So he, you know, the, the doctors and nurses were saying he couldn't live. He can't live. He did. If he lived, he was going to be brain dead. He isn't. If he had any brain capacity at all, it would be significantly diminished. It isn't. He remembers everything and he can't dance, but he couldn't dance before anyway. So <laughs> this is the humor of Craig, the author. I, I love it so much. I, I need to listen to one of his sermons online because I'm sure he's got that wittiness to him as yeah, well. I've got a quick question. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the stories because it does give a lot of hope and how prayer works. But then I think of families that prayed continuously and did not have a good outcome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that it's just like, I mean, that's just kind of hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, we have a member of our church that's currently in the hospital. He got run over by a bush hog. So they were going to amputate his leg. They told him like, most likely we're going to have to amputate, uh, and just everything. Yeah. Everything that he's going through, like everything his wife is going through, she's trying to take care of the kids. He's in, you know, an hour away from their house. She's trying to go back to the house and the kids are staying with somebody else. And it's just, it's a big mess. We're trying to help as much as we can being part of the hospitality team. And I just know they're going through so much, but she's clinging to that hope and that faith that even if he does lose his leg, even if, you know, I don't even want to talk about it. If, if something worse happens, then she's still going to cling to her faith and know that God is God. And that's the best we can hope for is that we still keep our faith, even though something awful happens. God doesn't promise a good outcome, but he, he promises promise he's going to be there for you always, no matter what, forever. So actually the story of our church member, his name is John. We've prayed for him, I think two weeks ago, last time we were here. And I would like to keep praying for him. If you guys could, his name's John, wife's name is Tracy, and they have three little kids. And I know it's putting pressure on the entire family, but they, they went in last week and they were planning to amputate and they found blood flow in his leg. So they didn't amputate. And that's been our continuous prayer through this whole thing. As soon as it started, like just heal him totally and completely help his muscles and blood vessels and nerves and everything to grow back. I know he was in a lot of pain last week. I, I text her today and I haven't gotten an update back. I'm sure she's busy with everything, but yeah, I mean, God's already working miracles in him and whatever, like I said, I, we talked to Tracy last weekend. We went to her house and delivered some food and some gift cards and things for the, from the church. And she even said, like, I, I know God's working a plan in this. I know that there's something that's going to come of this. Like, he's going to have this testimony. He's going to have, you know, something. God's working on something. And it was just so huge for me to, to hear her testimony through that. Like, in the middle of this, she still has the testimony. She still has her faith. And it was so beautiful to watch. And it, it continues to be because she's such a sweet person. And she's just so kind and so thankful and just amazing. And I can't imagine, you know, I went through a week of my husband being in the hospital and it was, it was difficult, but I'm glad that I had people in my life to help me 
through that. And I'm glad that I had God to help me through that when he had his open heart surgery. I can't imagine going months like this because it's probably what it's going to look like. You know, he's had heaven only knows they did three surgeries in one day, like at one time they were going to do that amputation surgery along with multiple other surgeries that day. Um, and they didn't have to amputate thankfully, but yeah. That's all I you can do. This lady I know, I mean, her husband, it was a horse accident. He was mm -hmm. in a coma for two years. And I'm not sure she ever gave up faith that things are going to turn around. Yeah. Well, you know, the neuro side of me thought it didn't look good. So, yeah. but yeah, he had, he just passed away um, mm -hmm. not too long ago. So, but for two years, I mean, everybody had been praying constantly for yeah. some kind of a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's, it's hard to watch it's hard to be part of but sometimes it doesn't turn out that way and the testimony that we have is that we kept our faith even through it even though it didn't turn out well it's like that uh little girl that's dealt with leukemia i've talked about her in here before her name's indy lou uh she just turned five she wasn't supposed to but she's still here she's she's sleeping a lot more lately um but, you know, she's had several rounds of leukemia and she's had chemo each time and they fought it off. But they said, you know, we just can't keep doing this to her. It, it's not fair. So, you know, they're in that process of losing her soon. And that's so hard. But she just tries to keep remembering, like, all the good times and all the effect that she's had on people. And it's really hard. Yep. All right. So on page 64, he's talking about, so on bottom of 63, he says, Jeff is an overcomer. And if you follow Christ, you are too. If someone tells you, I'm really sorry, your situation is hopeless. There's just no chance. No one has ever. Then here's what you should be hearing in their words. Get your armor on. And that's referring to Ephesians 6, right? The armor of God is Ephesians 6. I was like Ephesians or Galatians which one <laughs> um I think it's Ephesians 6 uh get your armor on our God is able greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and I wrote my notes about first John 4 4 before I read this page again so and then fight so it's time to fight with our spiritual sorry with supernatural weapons it's on it's a rumble in the jungle a battle royale <laughs> All right, and then the very last sentence here in chapter three says, when you accept the fact that your true identity includes being an overcomer, you will never settle for less than a miracle. So even if you don't get the outcome you want, maybe you don't get that miracle, but, you know, they say, you know, shoot for the stars or shoot, what is, what is the reference? Aim for the moon, you'll still end up amongst the stars. So pray for that miracle. I'm still praying that he'll have complete healing, John will. And he may not. He may end up with, you know, having to have an amputation of some part of his leg. I don't know the answers. I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to keep praying for the miracle because I know God can. It may not be what is the big plan for him, but I know that he can do it. So I'm going to I'm going to shoot for the moon and hope that you know whatever the outcome is i think that's the best thing we can do is just whatever the outcome is remember obedience is our job outcome is his 
And that's all we can do is pray for what we know can happen, which is anything, not necessarily. And, and, you know, still have your faith when it doesn't happen. So it's hard. I'm not saying that's like, oh, you'll just have your faith, even if you lose your loved one, whatever. That's not what I mean. It's not, it's not going to be easy. It's, it's, God never promised easy. He promised to be there with you though. Right. Hebrews 13, five, <laughs> I could keep coming back to it. Every single thing I say, I could say, but Hebrews 13, five, I feel like, I mean, you could, but I really could. <laughs> All right. That's it for our discussion for tonight. Chapters one through three. Next week, we'll discuss chapters four through six of Alter Ego by Craig Groeschel. Really, really good book. Um, I'm going to have to go find some more of his books and dig into those because he's a really good, really good writer. So might see him again in the future. We'll see. <clears throat> who knows i'm he's excited like bob, he's like a bob goth type writer with his stories kind of yeah. yeah yeah so she's like, to read. fun to read fun to read fun funny stories mm -hmm. that all ties in mm -hmm. yeah i could yeah. stop i could i have to go go <laughs> yeah and every reference, like every story he talks about, he also ties it into the Bible. And I think that's what you were saying, PJ. Like, oh, yeah. Just brings it back to the truth. Brings it back in. Yep. Excuse me. All right. Who has prayer requests? I'm going to put John and Tracy. Um, I needed to tell you something that uh, we have to play still with my, for my sister and my niece. But guess what? After 11 times, they took the test and they got the, and they were positive. Margarita, so Margarita finally found another lab. They took the lab and they negative. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Oh, I know. I wonder how I long know. they were actually naked. <laughs> My sister, she was going crazy wow. because, you know, they couldn't go out. They couldn't do that. They couldn't talk to these people. Yeah. And she's getting ready to go back to Peru and they wouldn't let her yeah. travel. They so her whole trip was just spent yeah. in solitude. That's but now everything is finished. Finally, today she had the results. Yeah. And they're negative. Man. So. Praise and God. that's a blessing from God. We played so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought there were uh, some uh, results from, you know, some uh, explanation. And because my niece kept saying, maybe it's a different kind of COVID, different mm -hmm. uh, stay. I don't know how you say it. Uh, but no. It's a negative, so that's good. God bless. Good. So I just wanted to say that little thing. Yeah. Anybody else have a request? Yes, I do. I For my niece, Tara, she's mm -hmm. 25 years old, and she just found out she's got cervical cancer. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Okay. So my sister-in-law... Junior mm -hmm. did not have COVID the couple weeks ago when we thought she did. She missed her son's wedding this weekend because she does have COVID now. Oh man. She did a home oh. test. It was positive. She never tested before. And they rushed her to the emergency room tonight. 
Oh my God. Having a hard time breathing? Yeah, her oxygen level was down in the 80s somewhere. Okay. Oh my. Mm. All right. I remember that. That's good. We're going to play. All right. Anything else? I haven't unspoken. My stepkids are coming in into town this week. After tomorrow. Exciting. I miss you all. Yeah. I miss everybody. No, we're going to have a packed house. Little odds on. I miss Luca. <laughs> all right. Anybody else want to pray? She's <laughs> totally ignoring me. She's like, nope. All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this group. Thank you for the time that we get to spend together. Thank you for providing us with books that help us to uh, grow into who you want us to be, God. Thank you so much for Craig Rochelle a lot. Lord, we just ask that you bless him. And I just thank you so much for his for this book. Lord, please help John with his pain. Lord, I pray that you know, we know that there's a purpose for everything that they're going through right now. And we know that you have a plan, God. We just pray that you will heal his his body and help him to not be in pain. Lord, just take care of Tracy as she drives back and forth and tries to take care of her family and her husband and get everything in order. Lord, just please give her peace of mind as she goes through this whole process and help the kids also to forget what they saw when they found their dad. Lord, we pray for the nuns in Italy. We praise you and thank you that they're finally COVID negative and that they can resume their responsibilities and get out of solitude. God, we just thank you for that. Lord, please take care of Tara. She gets a, she just got a new diagnosis of cervical cancer. Lord, I pray that she can, you know, have peace and trust in you through this process. Lord, we ask that Junior uh, watch over her and heal her body as she goes to the hospital tonight and having trouble breathing god we pray that you can heal her of the covid we know you can heal her of the covid lord just be with her tonight and give her calmness and peace Lord, i want to pray for moms unspoken as well as any other unspokens that we have here lord we just pray that things will come about as you will them to lord you know what's going on you know what people need god we just bring those requests to you and ask you to take care of those, uh, those requests. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you again for all the many blessings you've given us, including this group, Lord. Thank you for this community. Thank you for this friendship and this sisterhood, Lord. We love you so much. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Erica really will come back soon. <laughs> really good yeah well next week we're going to discuss sorry pj go ahead i'm going to just say while we're still on the meeting i just want you to know that you truly are a leader you may not see it in yourself yeah. you would not have people coming on if we didn't think that you had stuff worth sharing and leading the group for discussion so it still blows my mind that you guys are still here two years later. <laughs> like, wow, this is awesome. Oh, I applaud her every time. <laughs> and then she's, she's good. And then I couldn't think of like names being called, but I have to tell you, my my grandson Stephen, mm -hmm. he, he now has a nickname he calls me. I am now Short Stack Granny P. 
He must be taller. Taller than you now? Everybody's taller than me, yes. <laughs> is taller than me. Oh my goodness. I think we all have that in common. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, sure. I'm gonna tell Ryan what he calls you. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Ryan he's here. <laughs> well, everybody oh, go man. pick a label this week to lift yourself up, not to hello that short stack granny P. <laughs> I'm not calling you that now. I know. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so creative. All right, guys, have a great week. We're going to discuss chapters four through six next week. See you. Later. Okay. Yeah. Love you guys. Good night. Love you. Good night, everybody. Bye. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of BCS Podcast. We hope you found what you needed in this week's episode and that it blessed you. If you would like to chat more, please join our Facebook group, Book Club Sisterhood. And if you would like to subscribe to our box, go to bookclubsisterhood.com. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Have a great week, sisters.